Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello and welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. Well, we are doing yet another market spotlight today. I think I have four in total on the agenda here for the two-month period that we're covering. And Memphis has been, I've said this so many times on the show, Memphis has been kind of a perennial market for us. We've been in the Memphis market for practically 18 years, almost nonstop. So we've always had opportunity and inventory there. It's a market that I actually really like. The numbers just pencil out and there's always opportunity. So I thought, wait, you know, we haven't done a, a market spotlight on Memphis for quite a while and we're due for one. So today I brought one of our great, fantastic property providers in the Memphis, Tennessee metro area. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marco. It's such a, an honor, a pleasure to be here. And of course, I have to give it back to you. It's a thrill to be on the show as somebody who has not only partnered with Narada for many years now, but been a follower of your thought leadership when it comes to entrepreneurship, real estate investing, asset protection. It's a real thrill to get to sit down with you uh, and spend some one-on-one -on -one time um, with your extraordinary leadership. And it's, uh, it's just, it's a dream of mine come true. So thank you for having me. Oh, geez. Stop it. Come on. <laughs> you're, you're far too kind, Robert. I appreciate that. Well, let's have some fun today. This is a unscripted, casual conversation about, you know, what you're doing in the Memphis Metro, about the Memphis Metro. Why should people invest there? What are the opportunities? I mean, we know there's opportunities. So let's kind of just start top down. I always like to start with the big picture, the market. So from a high level, why should I or anyone else be investing in the Memphis, Tennessee market? That's a fantastic question. And, you know, what I'll do is I'll tell you about my journey to Memphis briefly, because I'm originally from Rochester, New York, in the upstate area. Mm -hmm. You know, I uh, did my undergraduate work at Syracuse. I taught for a while in the New York State system and got my master's degree also in New York. So when I came back here in 2000, um, I actually came in the educational space on a doctoral scholarship. It was amazing to me how inexpensive property prices were how low the property taxes were, how low the cost of living was, and also the fact that the state of Tennessee has no income tax. And for me, as a young, broke graduate student 23 years ago, you know, those were great factors. And I was like, wow, I can't believe that I ended up here. And over the years, as I got into the real estate space, of course, I, I, I bought my first house back in 98. But as I got into the real estate space in Memphis in 2003, something that I found out, which you wouldn't know until you got into it, is that the rents here are extraordinarily high per square foot relative to the rest of the national average. And also over 50% of the population of Memphis are renters compared with about 27.5% uh, average kind of per capita major municipalities. So those things that impressed me as a young broke college student all speak to the current Memphis market today. We have seen a little bit of appreciation over the years. I think that that is a function of a strong Memphis market. I do think that has to do with some of the Federal Reserve's quantitative easing policies, which you know we don't need to get into, but is driving all prices upward. But when you take that and you factor in some of the tremendous 
investment opportunities here, the cash flow that you can get when you leverage into conventional loans and the lenders help shoulder the burden of your financing. You can get phenomenal investment houses here under 150,000 US, sometimes turnkey under 100,000 US with rents that frequently meet or exceed the 1% rule. So it's a very robust market for investors just from a 10,000 mile overview. Those are all very strong points. I mean, low, relatively speaking, low property prices, high rents, high rent to values, strong rental market, a high percentage of the market renting. So, you know, big tenant pool, the available inventory, no to low taxes, like low, no state tax, low property taxes. I mean, you've just checked all the boxes. I mean, we could stop the interview right now. <laughs> just, just move to Memphis and your, all your investment dreams will come true. All right. <laughs> That's hilarious. But no, those are all very good reasons and compelling reasons to look at Memphis as, as you know, an investment market. And it's got stability. I mean, it's one of those markets I refer to as a linear market. It's very stable. It doesn't, it doesn't cycle up and down very strongly like some of the coastal markets and right. the high appreciating markets that have very strong high gains, but then correct pretty aggressively and then, you know, repeat the cycle over again years down the road. You know, it kind of leads me to think what makes up the local economy, you know, in general terms, what makes up the majority of Memphis economy? I'm, I'm glad you asked because I love talking about it. It's actually really thrilling as a as a Memphian to discuss it. And the first thing that we really need to talk about is the fact that Federal Express is headquartered here uh, in the mm -hmm. Memphis metropolitan area, which makes the Memphis International Airport the second largest air cargo tonnage airport in the world. Those FedEx planes fly uh, every night. Every airstrip is being used 24 hours a day, but especially uh, at night. And we frequently will flip-flop with Hong Kong being the number one air cargo tonnage uh, port in the world. Wow. So the airport is a huge employer, but it also has other ancillary benefits, such as attracting biotech and technology companies to Memphis, companies that, for example, ship frozen eye corneas or transplant organs, because the geographic central location here on the Mississippi River is such that you can be anywhere in the world by plane within 24 hours. So you have a tremendous infrastructure of logistics, trucking, shipping. We have a Valero refinery here. I was driving to look at a, we had an appraisal on a duplex we sold to a Narada customer, believe it or not. Uh, we did their house turnkey, appraiser met me there. And I was driving to where their house was yesterday, and I had to drive by the refinery. And there was 80 tanker trucks backed up to receive a load of fuel and take it through the interstate system to wherever it's going. It's placement on the Mississippi River. There's a lot of river traffic that goes south to New Orleans and a lot of transport that goes both north and south. Uh, you also have Nike that's built a tremendous plant here, huge multi-million foot production facility. Ford is about to place a facility allegedly for uh, electric trucks here just outside of the Memphis city limits. And it's just a burgeoning, growing city. Tremendous opportunities. And we see a lot of people that are locating here because there's no state income tax, so you can retire in Tennessee, uh, which is beautiful. The state of Tennessee also has a benefit, which I have to share with all of your customers, which is if you own a Tennessee LLC and within that LLC is real estate held for income purposes, 
you are not subject to what's called a commercial franchise and excise tax, which is a commercial tax on property. So there's a lot of very, very friendly benefits to investors. And Tennessee is a very landlord-friendly state also. It's very easy to get tenants out should you run into some bumps mm-hmm. in the road, which inevitably, if you own enough property, Marco, you know this, you may. Yeah, those are all big benefits. What has the Memphis market been doing, I'd say, over the last, I don't know how far I want to go back, two to five years in terms of price appreciation and rent growth? I mean, it's easy enough to look this up. I could even go to housingtrends.com or you know other websites and check it out. But from your experience living there, what have you seen appreciation and rent growth look like over the last two to five years? We've seen both. We have seen some mild appreciation. I'm happy to say that the numbers here still work. So investors that might be thinking about Memphis as an opportunity through the Narada system, uh, which is proven and very, very successful, uh, don't feel like you've somehow missed an opportunity. You know, we have had a mild and gradual appreciation that still makes the numbers cash flow. Now, one thing that is really, really nice that I have seen, because I've been investing here for, well, 2003 is when I bought my first, I guess, multifamily, uh, and now it's 2023, so 20 consecutive years of, of accumulation, is that there's, you probably heard of the, the rule that rents double every 14 years. And I, I had found that hard to believe after the credit crisis of 2008. I thought, well, I'm five years into this. You know, is it really going to double? And then there was a little bit of stagnation. But as the market kind of recapitulated and continued to grow, uh, rent started to rise. And then we had more investment, more investors coming, more quality housing, getting back on the tax rolls. And the rents have doubled since I was uh, investing, you know, within a 14 year frame. So, you know, we meet that 1% rule. We frequently exceed it in the multifamily space. Um, we do occasionally exceed it in the single family space. And I guess I say all that to say that it's a very, very robust economy right now. Mm-hmm. The numbers are good. We're not really having any issues as far as, um, you know, when people are getting appraisals on homes, uh, they're almost 100% of the time we're able to get the numbers or they're finding equity positions in these homes where we deliver them, you know, slightly below market as a turnkey mm-hmm. um, investment, you know. So it, it's really worked out nicely for the for the Norada investors who have chosen to come to the Memphis marketplace. Is it fair to say, this is kind of a loaded question, but is it fair to say that you're still very optimistic or bullish about the Memphis market for the next five plus years? I am. I absolutely am. And I'll tell you, Marco, and, you know, we can talk about this maybe a little later in the interview, but I write about it in my best-selling book. My wife and I made a decision years ago that we were going to, quote unquote, put our money where our mouth is, start buying Memphis real estate. And we started to put our investments on very aggressive mortgages, 15-year mortgages, 12-year, 10-year, some even seven-year mortgages. And we serviced those notes and paid those off such that, you know, our goal has always been to get to 100 paid off Memphis houses. Uh, we have dabbled in investment property in other areas. Uh, we did some Gulf Coast rentals in Alabama, and I've got some property in the Adirondack Mountains in New York. But hands down, our accumulation continues to be in the Mid-South area. And let me define the Mid-South area. That is Memphis Metropolitan 
which is the southwest corner of the state of Tennessee. But just south of the state line is North Mississippi, which is a tremendous uh, series of small towns where most of these families are commuting into Memphis, but they live south of the state line, which gives you a whole other marketplace in which you can invest in the Mid-South. And we've had some clients have some outstanding returns, really some great stuff. And we've started to accumulate down there also. Wow. I had no idea. I knew you were in various areas outside of Memphis. I didn't know it was across the state line. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. We call it kind of the Mid-South, Mid-South metropolitan area. And I'll give you an example. My son uh, is on the autism spectrum. So we were trying to figure out where we were going to send him, what school had some services. And the Memphis City Schools are great. I'm a former tenured Memphis City School teacher there. Um, I left my job back in 2006 to be an investor full time. But uh, we were able to find a public school down just south of the Mississippi line where, again, you're seeing the same low taxes, but tremendous services you know, being offered. He's uh, picked up by a private bus every day, taken to his school, which is a mainstream public school. And the property taxes where we live are so, they're so inexpensive. It's, it's funny because I come from New York and in New York, whatever your mortgage payment is, double that. And that's the minimum tax, you know, cost that you're going to be experiencing. So it's, it's been great. And we have had something that we've experienced with Narada. And I have to credit your investment counselors. You know, I'm fortunate to work with three of your brilliant investment counselors, Oliver, Nate, and Melissa. They've all become close friends. You know, when they send customers our way that want to explore the Mid-South, a phenomenon that we've experienced is once a customer acquires a property in our turnkey system with our in-house management, they tend to want to acquire more. We've had many, many customers acquire 10, 12 units here consecutively using the Narada system. And I think that, I mean, I'd love to say that speaks to our incredible system, but I think it speaks to the <laughs> fact that the Memphis and Mid-South market is, it's very attractive for clients globally, especially coastal investors that, you know, if you're out on the West coast and you're just experiencing, you know, your only option is negative cash flow and you know, forced appreciation. There's a lot of opportunities here in the Mid-South that are certainly worth exploring through Narada. Yeah. No, I mean, you've got a lot of opportunity there and credit to you and your company and your operations. It makes it very smooth for the investor, the, you know, our clients, and that makes you look good. It makes us look good. I mean, everything's just working very, very well. So don't change anything. Don't break anything. We, we try. We're not, we're not perfect. You know, I tell, uh, yeah. I tell my staff, you know, in our weekly meeting, real estate is not a property business. It's a people business. And once you, understand that, you know, people have lives, they hit speed bumps in the road, you know, families, they get married, they get divorced, relatives fall ill. And, you know, as long as you're willing to work with the tenants, try to accommodate and develop relationships with the tenants and treat them fairly, it makes your life a lot easier. And that's something that's helped us maintain an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau for almost 15 years now. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So let's let's talk about neighborhoods just a little bit. What kind of neighborhoods are you focused on? I mean, to me, neighborhoods are incredibly important. In fact, I argue that the neighborhood you choose within a metro area is more important than the metro area itself. Yes. So yeah, um, I'd agree with that. You do, you do. Okay, interesting. So yeah, I mean, neighborhoods can range from low income areas, C class neighborhoods, all the way up to higher income areas like A class neighborhoods. You know, these are just somewhat subjective, but you know, it's, it, it works as a grading system. What are you focused on? 
in terms of neighborhoods and, and maybe why? Yeah, that's a great question. And let me phrase that question in not in terms of what do I think is a good investment for a neurotic client, but our rule is we don't buy houses and present them to clients that I personally would not own and keep for long-term holds. And that that rule has served us very well. Now, years ago, when I was starting out and I was, you know, I'm beyond broke. And I mean, I'm talking just trying to do my first deal with like a $10,000 line of credit. Uh, this is many, many years ago, back in 04. I got myself into trouble going into like an F area of Memphis. And it, you know, I tell the story in my book, but it all worked out in the end, mm. but there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of high blood pressure involved. Right. And that lesson taught me that it is no, no amount of money is worth working in subpar areas that are dangerous. Now, uh, something that I think about daily is that my projects director is a 63-year-old woman who's a tremendous, tremendous contracting professional. Um, and then her assistant, who also works full-time for us, and my also my assistant, they're, they're all women. And, you know, I'm not going to send any of our contractors or any of our staff, men or women, into an area, nor am I going to go myself, where I feel that I'm at risk. So we have found in the Memphis area um, we don't want to work in neighborhoods that are less than what I would call C plus slash B minus. Really kind of minimum investment turnkey pricing of, I mean, I think the least expensive property we've sold as is recently, not doing a complete rehab, but where a house was completely serviceable, maybe $75,000. And really... If we did that house turnkey for a customer, which we do 95% of the time, that would be in the 100 to 110 range with a rent of about 995. So, you know, C plus slash B minus. One thing I have found is that Memphis is divided into, obviously there's various zip codes, mm -hmm. but those zip codes have their own little independent, what I'll call boroughs. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten to know those boroughs. And I got to know those two ways. One is an investor. But before I was an investor, when I worked for Memphis City Schools, I was a music teacher, and because my uh, teaching instrument was the guitar, I was able to travel to schools that did not have a music room. So they would send me to three or four different schools every year, and I would get to know the neighborhoods. And there were some where it was, I felt very safe, and it was great, and there were some where I did not feel safe. And, you know, after that, I ended up, uh, when I left my teaching position, I became a full-time rental agent for a local investor here who was very prominent and that my two years as a rental agent taught me volumes about what areas rent fast and are in demand, what houses sit. And, you know, that lesson became invaluable because I didn't want to own in areas where it was stagnant. And, you know, if we were to ever put customers in those areas, you know, they would have a bad experience. And then, you know, we're very much a people pleasing business. So, we work in these tiny boroughs spread around the um, Mid-South area. There's a lot of Memphis, a little bit of North Mississippi. We've done even a few houses right across the bridge in uh, Arkansas, uh, what they call West Memphis Marion area. And we've had a tremendous experience over there. 
which I think all comes back to the to the location. You know, of course, the old adage, location, location, location. It really is very true. But, you know, if you're a customer, say you were a customer and you decided that you wanted to work with us through Narada's system, we encourage everybody when we bring them a house, we say, listen, take this address. Now go look at the Google Street View. Look around. And notice there's no houses for sale, there's no no for rent signs, you know, and everything's kind of well-maintained, generally speaking. Now, the house that we're offering might need a full rehab, so it's a little run down. But houses that have multiple board-ups, you know, multiple burnouts, things like that, graffiti, a lot of the, just these factors as investors that we found. Can you make money in this neighborhood? Sure. Can you provide quality housing to families who want it? Absolutely. Is there a, a higher risk factor that you may or may not be able to mitigate? And if you are inclined to kind of consider probability and statistics, for us, we want to set people up for success. So we kind of will avoid mm-hmm. a lot of those areas. And that's come from just the experience of living here for almost 25 years and being a full-time investor for almost 20 of those. Yeah, those are all good points. Some good tips in there too. I jokingly, half jokingly used to say that when I go to Google Street View, one of the things I would look out for is cars sitting on top of blocks. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Cars blocked on jacks, engine blocks and chains. I mean, if it looks like, you know, you can pull your car up and get your radiator changed, maybe avoid that neighborhood. (laughs) And that's nothing against all those DIY guys out there because I love them. I can't I can barely change a tire myself. So that's hilarious. You know, I appreciate the skill set. <laughs> yeah, really. It sounds like you're involved in neighborhoods that I would call middle income bread and butter communities, which are typically your B class neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I hate this. I hate this term, but I'll use this term sure. because I feel like it describes it as kind of like a blue collar working class neighborhood, you know, which is exactly where I lived for, you know, until we moved onto a little bit of farmland in North Mississippi because of my son's we needed to move him to a school district and we happened to buy some land, but you know, we lived in these exact areas and you know, what you're going to find is the families that rent there are salt of the earth, super hardworking people. They are carrying one, two jobs, trying to make ends meet, you know, in this inflationary economy and they want to pay their rent, you know, mow their lawn, take care of their house and pretty much be left alone. And that's what you want as an investor. Yeah. A lot of new clients will come and, a lot of times, and we should be thankful for this, they get inspired by HGTV, flip this house, flip or flop. And, you know, in their mind, it's nothing but sledgehammers, angry tenants, and hard hats and drama. And I'll say, you understand this would be very, very boring, right? Like, we're going to renovate the house. We'll send you progress pictures. The management company will rent the house. You'll get a check once a month. And barring your tenants losing their job or having a hardship, that's about as exciting as it's going to get. And that's what you want as if you want to scale, right? You know, you don't want to have all the dramatics and the, you know, excitement. So, yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of truth in that. I, I actually had a conversation with two different TV producers years ago, back in the day when, you know, all the fix and flip shows were super popular and it was, they were interested in doing something, but it was very hard to convince them that a show about, you know, buy and hold rental property and turnkey rental investing is good for TV because it's exactly what you just said. It's boring. It's like you you buy it, you rent it, you collect a check every month, you do your accounting once a year and, and that's it. I mean, there's not much to it. 
Yeah. So it, yeah. it didn't I mean, fly. you can you can listen. You can make great reality TV by accenting the dramatics of you know, like my friend James Wise, uh, who I've worked with, who's up in Ohio, has all kinds of YouTube channels about terrible tenants and you know tenants that really. I mean, I'm talking about extreme one percent of one percent cases where <laughs> they'll trash a house, and you know he makes these great YouTube videos about it, but that that happens so rarely yeah you know and i you know i frequently have to talk to you know a lot of our investors about you don't have to when a tenant leaves a house for example say say you're my customer and you know you renovate a house i renovate the house for you and the tenants are there for let's say two years and they pay every month and then they leave well you know the the property management company might bring you a list of repairs that's six or seven thousand dollars and you can pay that bill and that's fine but there's going to be a lot of markup in there you know whereas what what i would say is a lot of times when we work with customers we'll just give them the resources that we use like hey just call this carpet guy you don't need new carpet let's just shampoo it clean it restretch it and that might be a $200 charge versus $2,500 in replacing carpet. Mm-hmm. So if investors are inclined to be involved with the management just a little bit, especially in the transitional periods, you can just have such excess profitability. Mm-hmm. And so we really work with uh, all of our Neurotic customers that way and try to preserve capital, you know, if they have transitions and so forth. So we do a lot of mini project management on the side, you know, we do a lot of uh, pro bono consulting and, you know, it speaks to what Narada has put together, which is a team, you know, you can't be a solo investor by yourself. If you think about the number of people that are involved in just closing a house, your attorney, for example, because Tennessee is a judicial state, your insurance guy, your appraiser, your home inspector, your project manager, your realtor, all of these people that are just integral to making sure that you safely take title to a property and don't make any wrong turns. Mm -hmm. It's truly a team sport. And when you work with a company like Narada that's assembled these effective teams and teams within teams, it's hard to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Let's talk about the deals that people can get today, you know, with your help in, in Memphis, describe a typical property in the neighborhoods that you operate in. Um, you know, what does a typical renovation look like? Paint the picture. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds great. You know, in fact, I, uh, Melissa has, has worked with me for a long time and she and I were talking the other day about how she's really come to be kind of fond of our system. So, you know, let's just talk about the average house. Our average house, you know, somebody might buy a house, let's call it for $135,000. And that is what we call our all-in price. It has a no-cost overrun guarantee, meaning that that price includes the house itself plus everything on the scope of work. And we tend to over-renovate the houses. So we'll put on a new architectural roof, total tear-off, replace rotten decking, replace the cornice and fascia not always but very frequently we replace um, all the windows with a vinyl replacement window double pane low e argon glass with a lifetime breakage warranty a 10-year central heat and air forced air system with new insulated ducting brand new kitchens brand new bathrooms uh, all updated electrical with new panel ac disconnects and so forth Uh, so just kind of the whole system it's all inclusive now, that $135,000 house will generally rent 
for somewhere from 1350 to 1495 1550 that's good we tend to give rent ranges in 200 when we get over a thousand dollar rent but you know at the one percent rule all day we tend to be very conservative now one thing that we do a lot and we don't guarantee it but it happens about 85 to 90 percent of the time is when the appraisal comes in frequently the home will appraise higher than the purchase price uh, and that happens as a function of the renovation quality has forced the appreciation to what we call the top of the market. The appraisers uh, feel obligated to compare that house with other listings that are premium on the market. Mm-hmm. And so many times our investors walk away with an equity position. Sometimes it's $10,000. We've had a few. This is not typical, but we have had a few walk away with equity positions of over $100,000. Wow. At that point, I realized I might have sold a house a little too cheap. But <laughs> with that, with that being said, uh, you know the investor was a, a tremendous uh, had become a tremendous friend and had bought many houses. And you know we're going to clap for every client all the way to the bank. And then of course we guarantee everything for sixty days from when the tenant moves in, accepting acts of God. And many of the heavy duty systems, such as the HVAC, gets a ten year parts warranty the the uh, water tank has a seven-year warranty and then you know if we run into issues like an electrical breaker burns out you know post 60-day warranty we'll send our licensed electrician back we're, we're always trying to advocate for the customer relative to the contractor if we feel that the contractor carries an obligation to do right by the customer and we save people a lot of money in maintenance that way but with that being said once you do a house completely turnkey, there's very little maintenance for several years. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I wanted everybody to hear it from you. I mean, we know you have good inventory. I want to say never, but I'm not going to say never. I'm going to say rarely have any issues with any of the product that, you know, that comes from your team. Are you finding enough inventory today? You know, with, I mean, market conditions are constantly changing. And a couple of years ago, it was a different story than what it is today. But how are you finding inventory right now? Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm very, very fortunate. I'm a spiritual guy and I feel like we're a very, very blessed company. We have been able to successfully find inventory without really an interruption in uh, our ability to acquire it specifically for customers of Narada. Now, with that being said, uh, we, I think we did like 10 rehabs a year last year, uh, which was a lot. That was really a lot for my team. And I mean, you know how it is when you're working with contractors, trying to run 10 rehabs at a time, it's almost like herding cats in a way, you know, and then we had some supply chain disruption that started early on last year and price increases. So, you know, what we're trying to do this year, and we've, we've talked with all the Narada providers about it is we are continuing to kind of scale to Narada's needs and without trying to overdo it you know we find and have found that many of your customers once they work with us they want to buy in multiples so you know we just had one of your customers for example he came and he said i want to buy eight and he successfully bought eight in the span of about 45 days and he's most of those projects are finishing he's refinancing out and then he said i want to buy another uh 10 in 2023 so we work a lot kind of based on you know, we're like a short order cook. We would take some orders and 
We know that there's a lot of customers that are in the queue, but we have new customers that are referred to us from you. And right now we haven't had to turn anyone away, which we're very thankful for. That's great. Cool. Well, uh, stay blessed. <laughs> it's good. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. we're, we're saying a lot of prayers and, and trying to do the right things. So, so I, I want to leave a little bit of time just to touch on some things from your book, but just real quick, property management. Can you just highlight? I mean, property management more or less is property management. There, are, you know, some changes and nuances between companies, but you have a, a sister company, if I if I remember correctly. You do the property management, so it's kind of like being in house, quote unquote. We do. Uh, anything yeah. you want to highlight about your property management services or what's going on related to that in, in Memphis? Yeah, no, that's a great, great question. And the most important thing I can tell you is the office that I'm talking to you from right now, which is our global headquarters, this wall that's next to me the, in the next room is the head property manager. And he rents space from us here. And the reason is because we have always felt that we want to be close physically in proximity with the management company so that when we're handing over houses, hey, this came out of construction, it's ready to go in your rental queue, and then it gets rented quickly, we're able to help the tenants move in, get their new central heat and air installed, water tanks, whatever. And then if there's any maintenance issues that come up in the 60 days, we're able to address it without a cost to the customer. And being headquartered together, has really given us an edge to stay on top of uh, every customer's rental, for lack of a better word. Now, uh, it keeps the communication good. Of course, the management company is great on its own. Um, you know, it screens everybody. So all applicants have to go through a criminal screening, background check, obviously credit check. And we don't just look for, well, is your credit score great? Because not every tenant has a great credit score. But we look for certain factors like, do you have evictions? Do you have convictions? Do you have judgments? And on top of that, we look for little things like our local utility provider here is a, a it's an all-in-one company called Memphis Light Gas and Water. And we have a rule that is if you don't pay your MLGW bill, meaning you have a balance on your credit report, we will not rent to you. Because if you're not going to pay your utility bill, you're not going to pay your rent. And we found that to be true over and over again. So little kind of smaller insights that we have as we, you know, we're, we're property owners first. Uh, the head of the property management company is a very prolific investor himself. So we've been doing this a long time. I hate to say it, but I have a lot of gray hair. Some of it's from age and a lot of it's from real estate, but uh, <laughs> it's all good, you know? So it's, it's a, system that's designed to allow families that plan on paying their rent timely and have a means to support themselves to qualify for the housing that they want to live in. And if there's people that are professional tenants and want to play games, uh, we gatekeep them and get them out immediately. Yeah. Meaning out of the building, not out of the house where we put them accidentally, if that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Well, before I talk about the book for a little bit, I'm actually starting to think that maybe it's even worth just having a separate episode to talk about your book, if that's something you want to do. I'd love to. The book has been, I mean, I'm very thankful that it became a bestseller. And, you know, what I did is I kind of wrote it for a guy like me 20 years ago that wasn't sure what to do. You know, when I started out, and you've probably heard the story, this is a very Robert Kiyosaki-ish story. But I did everything that people told me to do. I wanted to do right. I went to 
I got good grades in high school, worked full time, took $100,000 in student loans, triple majored at Syracuse, went on a scholarship for my master's degree in, uh, well, secondary education, but it was an all deaf school, one of two all deaf schools in the nation where my class were all taught in American Sign Language. So I became fluent in American Sign Language. I got a doctoral scholarship at the University of Memphis. And by the time I got down here, I was teaching for the Memphis City Schools, making 50000 a year. And I was like, I'm broke. I did everything everybody told me. I've, I've got no money. And, you know, I wrote that book to send kind of back to myself in time, so to speak, about the principles of financial freedom, the stuff that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're told by our parents go get a safe, secure job, et cetera, et cetera. That's really bad advice. And we probably can't cover that in five minutes, but I think as an entrepreneur, you understand that, yeah. you know? I mean, we talk we talk about 401ks and IRAs, and, you know, I say to myself now, obviously in retrospect, is it does it strike anyone as unusual that 90% of Americans will take their nest egg, call it IRA, 401k, They'll take it out of their paycheck and have it sent to a company or a series of individuals who they're never going to meet. Yeah, They'll have zero input in and they'll just wait for their quarterly statement and hope it goes up. And it's like, it goes up, woohoo, it goes down, you know? And, and I, I tell everybody the story in seminars and it illustrates the simple math, which is if you have a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account and it goes down 50% one day, how much do you have? And everybody raised their hand and they're like, 50,000. And I'm like, okay, great. Say it goes back up 50% the next day. How much do you have? And everybody's like, 100,000. And I'm like, no, you don't have 100,000. You have 75,000 because you had such a severe capital loss. A commensurate return can't make up for that. Right. And the book kind of covers a lot of subjects, but it's very real estate focused. And it's focused on the idea. And it's a simple idea. We buy cars. Marco, you've had a car payment before, have you not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've had many car payments. And people will go to the car lot and they'll spend and finance $60,000, $80,000. And they will pay that car off, make the payments in five years. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And I started to think to myself back in 2008, why don't we just take loans on houses like we do cars and pay them off in five years or seven years or eight or 10 years when you're actually receiving income, whereas somebody who goes and buys a Jaguar gets zero income each month. And we started to, we, we, I, I coined that and trademarked it. It's called the short-term retirement program. And we had clients all through the mid teens that had started back in 0809 with me paying off houses and building retirement portfolios that were paying them ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month in passive income. And it really made me realize that we just spent so much time thinking about money the wrong way, tuning into CNBC and Kramer. And right. it's like the treasure chest is out there. It's right in front of your face. You just have to go find it. Yeah. That sounds like a great tee up and teaser for another episode to talk about your book and how to break out of uh, financial prison. What do you think? I'd, I'd love to. I mean, just chatting with you about real estate has been such a fun and tremendous honor for me. Uh, you can tell I'm very passionate about it. I know you are. Yeah. And this has just been a tremendous way to spend my afternoon, if only for a short time. And I want to thank you again for having me. To your listeners, I have to tell you, you know, I've 
listen to Marco's podcast. I've worked with his investment counselors. They are very, very knowledgeable at what they do. They will steer you in the right direction. And you work in many, many markets. I mean, Memphis is a great market, but I've seen people who have bought in Memphis and they've already bought in many other markets in Ohio and Texas and wherever. And those are fantastic markets too, Birmingham. And you cover all those. So that's a blessing to every potential customer that comes to you. And I would encourage if you're listening, you're thinking about working with Narada, you're not going to find a better company. You're not going to find a company with more integrity. We've done, Marco, I don't know, I think we've done almost 200 houses in the past couple of years together. And we've had very few bumps in the road. It's been a real honor. And part of that process is your educational system through your investment counselors with the clients you set them up for success. And that just deserves a tremendous amount of applause and accolade. Well, thank you. I don't know what to say. I mean, it, I, I want the audience to know that I didn't I didn't ask for any of this. I didn't tee you up. I did not pay you <laughs> for any of this. Well, I've, I've not been paid. Yeah, no, this no. was all unexpected. I, I didn't know what you were going to say. Well, all voluntary. But I appreciate all that. Thank you very much. And, and you know, Robert, like I said at the very beginning, Memphis has been, I mean, we just had our 19-year anniversary last month in January. Memphis was either the first or the second, probably the first market that we entered into and have been in ever since for the last 19 years. That's why I call it a perennial market. It is the the tortoise <laughs> in the real estate space. You know, it's yeah. tried and true and it's always there and it works. I'm very happy with Memphis and I'm and very happy with our relationship with you and the work that we're doing. So thank you. We're very blessed to be working with Narada. And I would love to talk about uh, my book sometime yeah. if you want to do that on another podcast. Yeah. For now, I just want to tell you that it's been years since I've been on the radio. And uh, this brings me back to my radio days, just sitting and chatting about real estate and financial freedom, That's cool. stuff that I'm very passionate about. It's really been a great use of time. And I want to thank you again for having me. Well, you're welcome. And let's do it again. So I'll get you uh, scheduled. So thanks again for coming on. And with that, I'm going to wrap things up here. So for everybody else, thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to the show. It only takes you three whopping seconds to click that button and subscribe. So do that so you can catch every week's episode. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever else. We greatly appreciate it. I do read every single one of them. So thank you in advance. Get your free strategy session with our investment counselors. That is at no cost, no obligation. You have everything to gain, nothing to lose. So please take advantage of that. That is it for today. Thank you for listening. And we will see you all on our next episode. Are you looking for a roadmap to financial freedom? If so, we have a solution for you. Narada Real Estate is offering a limited number of free strategy sessions to help you get out of the rat race. Learn how you can create wealth and build monthly passive income. To set up a time with one of our knowledgeable investment counselors, simply go to naradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.